The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Technology and adjusting values of success and happiness are changing the way we live and work. If you are a homeowner, aspiring homeowner, or business professional, these transitions are affecting your real estate decisions now. Welcome to the future of real estate with Jessica Stoner. Jessica and her guests will key you in to the technological evolution and other factors that will affect all aspects of real estate, your home, and community of the future. Now, here is your host, Jessica Stoner. Welcome. I'm glad you could join today. You're listening to the future of real estate. I'm your real estate futurist and your host, Jessica Stoner. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home in your area and looking for a knowledgeable realtor, please visit realestatefuture.ca and click Let Me Help. I stay in touch with quality realtors around the world, and I'm happy to connect you with a suitable realtor in your area. Today, we're talking about baby boomers and their effect on real estate. I know after 50, 60, sometimes 70 years of talk about the boomers, you think we've heard it all. Even the boomers are tired of hearing how much effect the boomers have. But it's relevant. Even after all this time, they're still the largest generation. And simply due to that, each new stage of their lives affect things around them and it affects us all. The baby boomers are now headed into a significant time of change. They're heading into retirement. And with retirement usually comes a lifestyle change. And that almost always involves a housing change as well. Now, this is where things get messy. There aren't any clear set actions that the boomers plan to take when they reach retirement regarding their housing. The only, the only common grounds that there seems to be is that there's likely to be some buying and selling of homes that involve the boomers when they retire. It was predicted that we would see a mass exodus of boomers selling their empty nest for smaller, more easily manageable homes. And we're certainly seeing that. These folks that choose to do this, they have no need for the big empty home and no desire to maintain it and are quite happy to take advantage of the equity they've built up in their large home over the years. However, we are also seeing the complete opposite. We're seeing many boomers buying even larger homes than they have now. And this is because they want to make sure they have the space for all of their family to come and visit. We have these families that now have adult kids. The adult kids have spouses. They have grandkids. They actually need more space now than they did when their family was younger. And having the space for their family to come visit, it's an absolute priority for a lot of boomers. We also can look at where boomers are going to live. And there's no pattern you can bank on this either. We have boomers staying put as they're close to their friends and family. We have some that are snowbirding 
and uh, to the warmer climates in the winter. And this was expected, but there's no pattern in regards to how boomers are snowbirding either. We have some that are uh, heading into a second home that they have, maybe somewhere in the southern states. We have some that are just renting and they're going somewhere different. They want to explore. We have some that are snowboarding in Mexico or somewhere in Central America because it's less expensive and some will buy, some are renting. You know, we have the snowbirds that are going down in their RVs. And again, there's no pattern. Maybe they own an RV pad somewhere. Maybe they're traveling. The point is, there's just no common ground for how things are going to be happening when boomers reach retirement. There are so many different options that any attempt to pigeonhole this into any kind of trend would be very difficult. Today, we have two very knowledgeable guests with us. They have a wealth of information on the boomers and how they're going to affect real estate. They will elaborate on these topics and share much more information on what boomers are planning as they head into retirement. We have David Kravitz, Vice President of Zoomer Media with us today. Then we'll be talking with Skip Frenzel, Seniors Specialist with Agape Long-Term Care and Agape Real Estate. We have now with us David Kravitz out of Toronto, Canada. David is an author, a public speaker, and vice president of Zoomer Media. He's the author of The New Old, How the Boomers Are Changing Everything Again. You can reach David and Zoomer Media at zoomermedia.ca and on Facebook under Everything Zoomer. His book, The New Old, How Boomers Are Changing Everything Again, can be purchased on amazon.ca. For more information on David and this contact information I just provided, feel free to visit realestatefuture.ca. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you could be here. So, what is the new old? How are boomers changing everything again? I think the, the, the main thing is that they're acting younger than their chronological age. So, the patterns of behavior that... You would expect at 50, at 60, at 70, the boomers basically are 51, 52-year-olds to 71, 72-year-olds, that 20-year span. So the right. patterns of behavior you would expect at those ages, if you were looking at a 70-year-old or a 60-year-old uh, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, that's all gone. And they're acting much, much uh, younger than their age, and it affects their housing, of course, because uh, they have a longer uh, runway. They have a perceived longer lifespan ahead of them. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can make it to 65 today in decent health, then you've got a 50-50 shot at 95. So if you're contemplating retirement, literally retirement, uh, and you've got 30 years ahead of you, that makes your housing decisions a bit more interesting than if you thought you only had, uh, you know, 10 years or less ahead of you. Right. So how are boomers today approaching their retirement and their housing decisions differently now than they have in the past? Well, I think the first thing is that there's a lot more uh, complicated choices. <clears throat> if you if you contrast this to a younger, a, your, your classical young couple buying their first home, since there's no capital gains 
on, on principal residence all the way up the food chain. They're buying bigger and bigger homes, and the only criteria is affordability, and then maybe within a location because of your job or school district or whatever. Basically, you're buying the most you can get for the money you can afford, and you work your way up from a starter home to a bigger home. Now you're going the other way, and all of a sudden the menu is very complicated. Do I sell and keep the cash and live off the cash, i.e., do I rent or do I downsize? Do I sell and move uh, out into the country, move the other end of, the, uh, of Canada? Do I move from a, a Toronto to a Victoria, B.C.? Um, <clears throat> do I keep what I've got? and improve the house now that I'm an empty nester, now that the uh, the children are gone. What about the estate? What do I do with the money? If I cash out, do I just roll that money into a new home? Do I buy an annuity? How do I budget for my retirement, especially since the baby boomers, although they are wealthy on paper, they're all very anxious about having enough cash to last, you know, a much longer lifespan. We, we, we can almost joke about it. You know, the good news is you're going to live a lot longer. The bad news is you're going to live a lot longer. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have that much, you know, cash for that kind of a ramp uh, if you're not working. So that, it's, a, it's more comp. I think it's not that there's one answer. It's just it's a way more, way, way more complicated uh, situation. Well, I guess that would explain why we're not seeing any common patterns, because there's so much more that they have to take into consideration. And we haven't even talked about, can they even sell in the first place, or do they have um, their adult children still living at home? You talked earlier about getting ready for visits from the kids, but I can tell you that a lot of boomers uh, haven't seen the... (laughs) haven't said goodbye to the kids uh, who might be in their 20s and 30s. So when the baby boomers were 25 to, um, say, 25 to 35 years old, about 13% or so lived, still lived at home with their parents for some of that period. Today, it's, tri- it's triple that. It's the highest rate of adult children living with their parents uh, that we've ever seen. And that is causing the boomers some anxiety because they cannot cash that home in uh, when maybe when they thought they would. And then the other problem is that in some markets, certainly Toronto and Vancouver, which are getting all the headlines, the, the children can't possibly buy another home because of the costs of getting into the real estate market without help from the parents. And where's that money going to come from? So the boomers mm-hmm. are spending a higher percentage of their money uh, on adult children at a time when in previous generations, uh, those older people would not have been spending that money that way. Right. So do you think it's possible that the real estate market will be maintained and the prices will be maintained because you have boomers helping their children get into the market? Well, I think I think it's going to be quite varied by, by region, and I think we also have to put a big asterisk in there and talk about um, immigration, you know, who's coming into the market. The replacement birth rate in Canada is, is barely uh, sustaining itself. In Europe, it's it's gone backwards. So if no immigrants came in, you have a declining uh, population, younger population and a rapidly aging population. And there's no question that they're not going to need the housing stock uh, that is available. So who's going to buy that housing stock? So the, the answer is either the millennials will finally be able to because the prices will 
you know, collapse, right. or <clears throat> that housing stock will be picked up by immigrants, and certainly in the bigger cities, uh, that's been the that that's been the pattern. You also mm-hmm. see, uh, you know, the suburbs being pushed further and further. I don't know, you know, your market, but in Toronto, in greater Toronto area, uh, where I live, you know, uh, a 90-minute commute isn't, isn't uh, I won't say it's common, but it's certainly not rare. And uh, because yeah. they, 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 they're going where they can afford, where they can afford to buy. So uh, I'm not, a, I don't have a crystal ball on the real estate, but, but I think that the boomers eventually will be, um, you know, if they still want to improve that home and stay there, you know, between the ages of 60 and 70 and not think about selling till they're 70 or not think about selling till they're 80, eventually they're going to sell. And then, you know, what's the, what's the population pyramid look like at that point? Right. And that's a good point about um, immigration that seems to be an absolute necessity in Canada anyway to, um, as you said, make sure that the the housing stock doesn't become um, overpopulated, that we need people to be buying these these homes. Um, Otherwise, we are going to have a glut, which I think a lot of the boomers might have been concerned about that by the time they're ready to sell their home there's no one there to buy it now right. are you hearing that fear out there i'm i it's it's very very um <clears throat> excuse me it's very regionalized i'm we're not hearing it in toronto obviously when the prices are going up 20 percent a year um but eventually there'll be a correction of some kind i also mm-hmm. want to just throw one one more thing on your point there though is that the the boomers are looking at this out of necessity as um, a challenge to the entire family structure. So a lot of them may be keeping the home, not just for um, the kids visiting, but for the kids to live there. We're starting to see the beginning of intergenerational financial planning and housing planning. So that maybe instead of looking at the oh, my, my millennial slacker kid living in the basement, woe mm-hmm. is me, when is he going to get out and get a job? Maybe they're looking, maybe they're starting to look at it and saying, look, that's just now the new normal. Um, I'll move into the basement, maybe not the basement, and he'll move on to the main floor with his wife and kids, and we'll get up, up the, big, the bigger house will be able to sustain multiple generations um, Eyes wide open, like deliberately, instead of grudgingly, instead of saying, oh, gosh, grandma's moving in with us now. Well, you, you begin to say, wait a minute, the family can afford this uh, home, and we're going to make it a multi-generational home that's going to stay in the family and meet our ever-changing needs. We're just beginning to see the start of that dialogue. It's a little bit of a new thought, but it's starting to happen really out of financial necessity. But I think you're going to see more creative solutions like that where it's, um, it's figured out um, proactively rather than reactively. You know, that's a really interesting topic. We're just going to take a break right now, but when we get back, let's explore that a little further. We'll be back in one moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current, forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern, professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america listening to the future of real estate with jessica stoner to learn more about the topics on today's show visit www.realestatefuture.ca now back to the future of real estate we're back and we're talking with david kravitt with zoomer media and right before the break we were talking about how we are starting to see the uh intergenerational house become something of the norm or something that's headed towards being the norm. So boomers are the sandwich generation and responsible for aging parents as well as um, adult children. Can you elaborate just a little bit more on what we're seeing with this being a um, deliberate housing arrangement? Well, I, I think it's, it starts with aging itself. So once you figure out that um, you could be, you know, the fastest growing age group in percentage terms, it's a little bit of a statistical trick because I'm using percentages, but, you know, the fastest growing age group in Canada is centenarians. Mm-hmm. Um, the average, um, you know, a baby born during this podcast in decent health is looking at a lifespan of, you know, at least 130. So when when you start to realize that, you say, well, wait a minute, um, we can't make the traditional um, pattern necessarily work for us because I want to live independently. Now throw that into the mix. Boomers do not want to go into nursing homes. I mean, very good people in that industry and so on, but they want to be independent. They want to age in place. They want to age at home. The government and the healthcare system wants them to age at home, so there's a big push to stay where you are. Don't mm-hmm. be in an institution. Um, then you're gonna you got to make it last forever uh, because at 60 you could be looking at 25, 30 more years. And then you factor in where your kid's going to get a down payment to just to starting from zero. So it all rolls up into the house. You say, well, wait a minute, maybe we can make this property work better if we take into account a multi-generational uh, occupancy so that we're going to have multiple generations at the same time. 
and it's great for the young the young children with grandchildren, so there's a built-in, built-in, you know, babysitter. And for the older people, there's a built-in caregiver. And mm-hmm. if you start thinking intelligently about renovation and, and how you're going to accommodate uh, everything, um, creative solutions are emerging. So all I'm saying is it's, it's becoming a topic, and we're even seeing the start, I don't want to say it's big yet, of some, you know, builders, um, Almost creating new homes on that basis, possibly with a uh, uh, one. One has developed a facade that looks like a looks like a single family home, but when you walk in the front door, there's a corridor going one way and a corridor going the other way, and you in effect have two little bungalows, sort of disguised mm-hmm. to look like a a big home. So you, you start to use the space that way. Um, and you start to leverage, you know, two two income streams, and so there's a lot less financial stress. So I'm I'm simply predicting. Uh, I think there's going to be many many solutions. It won't be for everybody, um, but I think you're going to see this become more and more of at least a topic of consideration. Well, it definitely seems like we're coming full circle because this is, in the traditional village, this is how people lived. You did live in multi-generational homes, and it's only over the last, you know, 50 or 60 years that we have started spreading out and everybody needed their own home. But, you know, we're really just kind of coming full circle. I think we are. I think we are. And I think that... um um, we're, we're coming full circle, but with perhaps better design and more products and, you know, more ways to more make, the space, make the space work than just, you know, being all jammed in there. But I think that the, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a big cultural shift to them. When you talk about the boomers, you have to talk about, you know, the millennials as a result of high, um, house prices. And the struggles of student loans and the struggles of a, of an economy that isn't producing a lot of high wage, high income jobs for young people. There's a culture shift now that we identified where this whole quote unquote Canadian dream or American dream or whatever you want to call it of, you know, being a homeowner is now uh, under attack as well. So the whole cultural that there's something wrong with you if you don't own your own home, that's under attack now, possibly out of necessity. But I know a lot of the research we do, and we research the millennials very closely because, uh, in a way, they're you know they're I'm with a media company, they're competing for ad dollars. But right. they're they're um, saying, you know what? I'd like to travel. Uh, I'd like to uh, experience things uh, in in the world. I can't. I'm not going to tie up uh, all my money and be house poor, and I can't get the down payment anyway. When the when the average price of a home in a market like Toronto and Vancouver is a million dollars, and if you look at the what's happened to wages and down payments in real terms, in inflation adjusted terms, the baby boomers could buy a home when they were in their twenties for maybe for less than two years' worth of income mm-hmm. uh, with the salaries of that time and the, and the house prices of that time, maybe one year' worth of income. Right. Um, today it's, it's, you know, 20 years, 10 years' worth of income. So yeah. if you can't do it anyway and you're a kid, you say, well, you know what, I'd like to travel, I'd like to, so I'm going to be a renter or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with more creative solutions. And then if you're a baby boomer and you're saying, well, you know, my parents could retire because they could make 15% on their money or 12% or something or maybe mm-hmm. more, and I'm lucky if I can make 3%, so I can't exactly sit back and watch the interest roll in on my cash, so maybe I need a home with a home office. 
maybe I need to cash out and, and really, really downscale because I got so much money in the house that thank God I'm going to have a nice runway now with that, with that money, but I certainly can't roll it over into a bigger house right away. Right. So you have all of the above. You have all of this diversity because it's such a large market. So you're going to see 20 different solutions because there's, you know, 10 plus million boomers out there. <laughs> yeah. What do you find are, I mean, there's so many different ways that boomers can go right now. What do you find are the commonalities that we do find in the boomers as they're heading into retirement? I think the, I think the common denominators are, um, number one, there's a, uh, the boomers as a generation are very independent-minded and want to be the decision-maker and don't like feeling helpless. So they're they're gravitating towards situations. I'm assuming decent health. You know, I mean, obviously not everybody's in that boat, but um, they want to be in charge of their own destiny. So they're going to look for solutions that enable them to do that. Right. Uh, I think I think the second uh, thing is that they want to. Um, maintain a very active, youthful lifestyle. They're very engaged. They're very involved. Um, there's a mini-trend in some U.S. cities now putting low, low-rise low retirement communities on or adjacent to university campuses. What a wonderful location uh, if you're retired because every, every day there's lectures, there's speeches, there's speakers, there's programs. I mean, you just tap into such a, a vibrant community. So the boomers do not want to be uh, disengaged if they can help it. I think that's a common denominator. And I think I, um, I actually they want new heard. stuff. They want also new experiences. So they're, they're greedy for a lot of different yeah. things at the same time. No, just along that line, I think I've heard that seniors are the – uh, and boomers, I should say, are the um, fastest growing um, uh, group of people enrolling in universities. For sure. And some of them for degrees. So some of them are saying, you know, I, I, I always wanted to get that degree in French literature, because, but I couldn't because I needed to make a living, so I had to become an accountant. But now I just for the love of learning. Uh, mm-hmm. Others are doing it uh, on a non-credit basis just for fun. Uh, some are reinventing themselves. Uh, online learning is exploding. But again, if you look at the education system, that's becoming more flexible anyway. Younger people um, are also um, much more flexible in the way they're learning. I mean, I, every resume I see today with, in, in the communications area, yes, there's his three- or four-year diploma, and then here's 20 other courses or credentials they have, whether it's online or part-time or boot camps or whatever. So there's this constant ferment uh, in that area as well, which is quite exciting. Right. So any other things that are um, that we actually can determine that most boomers are um, uh, sort of have the same attitude towards retirement? Well, I think, I think one thing that does affect real estate, too, and uh, retirement is that um, <clears throat> to the degree that it's possible, they want their living space to be um, fulfilling in relation mm-hmm. to their interests. So if they do decide to stay in place, you'll see, you see you're seeing terrific investments in um, furniture and furnishings and electronics and creating that ultimate home theater, gardening, um, creating that, you know, the man cave or the dream kitchen or the, the, mm-hmm. the, the space they've always wanted 
um, if they're an empty nester, they can now sort of create if they have the means. Not all do, but right. if they have the means. So you're, you're seeing really strong spending on categories uh, from an age, a demographic group that in the past wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been selling everything and leaving, you know. Right. Um, so so that's, that's, that's one. The other little kicker I will throw in, is healthcare. When the boomers are relocating, there's a great concern about uh, the healthcare facilities uh, in the new community. And, and I know here in Ontario, some communities that have been reinventing themselves uh, as retirement destinations, Windsor, Ontario is one example, um, lure, I, I, I don't want to use the word lure in a bad way, but they attract uh-huh. clinics and health you know, many hospitals or clinics or doctors, and they make that a big part of the sales pitch, that if you move here, we have superb uh, medical facilities. And so that's, and and you mentioned um, earlier people, you know, snowbirds and so on. Well, some U.S. uh, uh, health systems are actually building clinics in in Central America and Mexico with American-accredited doctors precisely to cater to that market, and they're attracted there by very favorable you know, investment uh, opportunities on the part of the uh, of those countries or those administrations, precisely to attract um, the boomers. So, healthcare and and health related facilities is is not a small topic when we're looking at this. And that's fair enough. So we're just going to head on into another break. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time today. That was really oh, it's good been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed it. So once again, for to reach David and Zoomer Media, you can reach them at zoomermedia.ca or on Facebook under Everything Zoomer. And you can buy David's book, uh, The New Old, How Boomers Are Changing Everything, again, at amazon.ca. We're just going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow, too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current, forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern, professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education, paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america You 
are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to The Future of Real Estate. We're back, and we're talking with Skip Frenzel out of Campbell, California, with Agape Long-Term Care and Agape Real Estate. Skip is a one-stop service for seniors in his area, being a certified senior specialist realtor, as well as an instructor in this field to other realtors. He's a certified financial planner and focuses on seniors and is licensed to sell long-term care insurance. Skip serves on many boards and committees in an advisory capacity as a certified senior advisor. You could reach Skip at Agape Long-Term Care and Agape Real Estate at agapelongtermcare.com and agaperealestate.info. And of course, you could always find any contact information for guests on the show at realestatefuture.ca. Skip, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So what do boomers tell you about their plans for their housing in retirement? Well, there's a variety of plans, actually, but um, we find that uh, most people are motivated more by lifestyle than they are about the actual house themselves. So uh, while we all uh, have in our minds the image of the um, uh, Sun City gated community with the golf carts running around the the desert uh, landscaping, that doesn't work too much for baby boomers, and they're more interested in other uh, types of activities. Fortunately, there's a wide variety of uh, housing situations and accommodate them based on their interests. And they, they can be anything from uh, university-based uh, uh, living situations to uh, gay, lesbian, to artists, to toys you know, that have hot rods and motorcycles, boats and RVs, to music lovers, to nature lovers, and many, many more. So um, it, it kind of all depends on a lot of um, things for their own uh, personal interests, but obviously they're uh, looking at being close to uh, family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, much of this depends on uh, their health uh, because the declining strength, stamina, mobility, and mental acuity will determine what kind of housing situation they can have, Um, plus life changes like not being able to drive anymore, loss of a spouse, um, moving, and then retirement along with the the changes in your health. So all these have to be considered by the boomer. And many boomers do have second and vacation homes, too, for an option that, uh, that they can use. Do you find them sometimes moving to the vacation home as their primary home and selling their primary residence? In some cases, yes. So it, it yeah. all depends, again, on, on uh, their situation and um, how motivated they are. Yeah, that, that makes sense. There's, there's a lot of options for them. And again, it just emphasizes the fact that there's no one pattern. So That's- based on that, if... You are a developer, and you are developing a home for, um, let's say, a baby boomer um, uh, retirement community. What would you want to be including in that retirement community? 
Actually, that's um, one of the big challenges to try to get more of the um, architects, developers, and builders to build homes that can be useful for aged people. Um, but also, we're talking about uh, all types of capacity with uh, people. So, um, you know, the handicapped or impaired, the very young. If uh, if you can build a home and it's right for say, an 85-year-old, it's probably going to be good for everybody. And that mm-hmm. feature is called universal design. So if you can um, educate a builder to incorporate universal design features into the home, it's going to be much more useful for um, abilities to, to get around. Um, the idea is that you want to eliminate as many of the obstacles that could uh, uh, impair living there for the um, the seniors, and um, there's a variety of ways of doing that. Also, technology is becoming a, a much larger part of this, too, with um, smart homes, and even though it's not part of the, um, the housing situation, when we start getting driverless cars, that's going to be a game changer for a lot of people, especially the, the isolated uh, people that uh, can't get out. So there's a lot involved with the um, developers. Okay, that's great. So if you're a baby boomer and you're looking to buy a property that uh, you're going to live in during retirement, what what are the baby boomers looking for? Well, there's again, there's a variety of things. Number one is cost, of course. And typically most baby boomers are downsizing, so... Uh, the cost might not be uh, the major factor, but when we talk about an ideal location, we're also talking about low cost of living. Um, proximity to family could be a huge uh, importance to, to the boomers. Access to quality health care. Many want a better climate, which usually means warmer. And for some reason, they have an attraction to water. They want to be close mm-hmm. to a lake, a river, or the ocean. And that uh, seems to be high on the uh, the priority list for people when they're choosing a place. Now, right. MetLife and the uh, National Association of Home Builders did a survey, and they found that uh, the boomers want to live in a suburban or at least near a suburban location. They want a single-family detached home, single level with a two-car garage. They want either a three- or four-bedroom, two- or three-bath, they want open kitchen and family room and a separate living room, and they want a minimum of 1,900 square feet. So, so that's, that's quite different than what was expected that boomers would want in retirement. Well, that's the survey results, so mm-hmm. <laughs> go figure. And I believe it because, you know, we expected everybody to downsize, but um, that's still a decent-sized house, and it might be sort of along the same lines of what we were talking about earlier with David, that um, people need space for their family. Exactly. So where do you find boomers wanting to retire? Um, Again, that uh, depends on each individual's story. Uh, Many want to be close to the the kids and grandkids. Many want to actually get away from them. Uh, they, they want a, a good climate. Uh, they want, you know, things from the, um, the uh, list that I mentioned before. Typically, the, um, 
the housing cycle of most boomers is, you know, during their youth, they uh, they do the upsizing where uh, job promotions allow them to uh, get a bigger and better house and they can, you know, live in their McMansion until they retire or the uh, children move away. Then they find it's too much house and they want to downsize. And then uh, a lot of them want to move half back, and this is a term which defines that they want to move closer to the kids, but not necessarily with the kids. So the idea is that they can be uh, much closer and still be able to, um, you know, associate with the kids and the grandkids. And then the the last home, of course, would be the the final. Uh, uh, residents that they would have, and uh, again, a lot of the uh, conditions on their health will determine the living situations. And also, I should mention that when we talk about housing, what we're really doing is talking about housing and services. So the the services typically is the caregiving, and uh, again, you know, technology is becoming more involved in that too. But the more that somebody becomes impaired, either a decline in health and or a decline in their ability to function, the more care they're going to need, and that is incorporated in with the house in many cases. I use a graph in the SRES class. It's a declining line for the upper left-hand corner is complete independence, mobility, everybody's healthy and everything's fine all the way down to the bottom right-hand corner where this is where they, the person's bedridden, they need 24-7 medical and custodial care, and then everything in between, you know, the assisted living, the uh, skilled nursing, the uh, other types of housing then too, which always incorporates the services with that then too. So it's right. really housing and services that people are looking at when they talk about housing. Are you seeing that it's taking longer before people need service care nowadays? Um, again, it depends on the people. The, the boomers have the mentality of the forever young. As long as they're healthy, they're bulletproof. So they're going to do the, you know, the skydiving, the motorcycle, and all the daring things until they find out that their bodies can't handle it anymore. And that's when they start to realize that they're not going to live forever and they've got to be, you know, more cautious about their living situations and, and what they do. But they, most uh, boomers are aggressively uh, independent and they care about their privacy. So the housing features will, um, will demonstrate that in most cases. Right. It seems that it just might be a little bit longer before they make that final step and therefore a little bit longer before that final real estate transaction take place. If they're Um, healthy enough, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Skip, we're just going to head on into a break. And when we're back, we're going to continue this conversation and learn a little more about what boomers are doing and how it's affecting real estate. Okay. We'll be back in one moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. 
To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america listening to the future of real estate with jessica stoner to learn more about the topics on today's show visit www.realestatefuture.ca now back to the future of real estate we're back and we're talking with skip frenzel from um california and uh, out of uh, campbell california with agape long-term care and agape real estate Skip, how do you expect boomers' real estate activity as they're heading into retirement to affect real estate markets? Do you expect there to be some kind of glut of certain kinds of homes and a sharp increase for demand in other types of homes? Um, Much of this depends on the location around the country. Uh, As you know, there are uh, many parts of the country where there's a... Uh, shortage in supply, especially for first-time buyers, which we're not considering. But typically when boomers downsize, they're looking for a simpler uh, residence, which might compete with a lot of the um, the first-timers or even the millennials and uh, what they can do. So it, it could be. Um, the other thing, uh, and that's especially true in my area, is the price. I live in the um, San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and we have probably the highest uh, cost of living and real estate market in the entire country. Um, the survey showed that uh, five cities uh, in California uh, are the most expensive in the country to live in, and San Jose, where I'm at, was number two. So obviously the price is very important too and a lot of times the boomers when they retire are going to be decreasing their um, uh, financial situation so they might not be able to stay here just because of the cost of living and all the other things associated you know with um, with the area so Mm -hmm. that's a big consideration then so with boomers possibly moving out of the expensive areas because they don't have to be there anymore, do you think that will help maybe correct real estate prices a little bit in these more expensive areas? Um, probably not because there are people that can't afford them and 
that's what's keeping the prices up. So, right. uh, you know, it's supply and demand. But uh, even, well, for instance, like a lot of the boomers here are moving to uh, Seattle and Portland, and the, the natives up there don't like it because they're driving up the, uh, the cost of the real estate in those markets. So, of course. again, it's supply and demand. Right. Now, you had earlier said that people were looking for a, um, a nicer climate or a warmer climate, but then you had just said that you have people moving into the Northeast, which I would think would be a, a colder climate than, um, let's say, in the Bay Area. So do you see people migrating um, more to just smaller towns or smaller areas or more affordable areas, or do they really want to be somewhere where it's warmer? Well, I, you know, it's all over the place, and it, it's kind of like whatever the person really wants, but there's, there's a lot of attraction for living in, um, in, in those areas. But then again, we're also finding people that are moving to uh, Arizona, Texas, uh, Nevada, even Florida, and, you know, places back east. And it, it's kind of just a, a redistribution of uh, where the people uh, want to live. But the thing is that in most cases they're trying to get away from the uh, the places that are a higher uh, cost of living and, and more expensive for them to, to live in and or, you know, be closer to the kids and grandkids. Right. So those are the two motivating factors. Yeah, and we definitely see the... the um, desire to be close to family and kids and grandkids be uh, an important factor for this generation. Exactly. So we had talked a bit about this with David, but I would love your take on this um, somewhat of a trend <laughs> and uh, because it's, it's new and it's different. So we are talking about how past generations didn't necessarily um, have the need to shoulder the burden of helping their kids afford their first-time homes, um, but this particular generation seems to to have to uh, um, take up that slack. What do you see with boomers and um, you know them being sandwiched between the care for their older um, parents and possibly the need to help their their adult children as well? Right. Well, I think you've already covered the uh, the idea about the. Uh uh, parents uh, helping the kids get their first home, but it goes beyond that. The sandwich generation is uh, is what we're talking about, which is uh, helping um, you know bring about the multi generational household. And typically, the boomers live in a two adult uh, household, and about a quarter of them have children under eighteen living with them. Another quarter have children, well, they're not children anymore, over 18, and two-thirds of those, they supply the um, uh, financial support uh, for their living, and a lot of times even um, have them living with the, um, the boomers. Mm-hmm. And one-third of the boomers provide financial support to the parents as well. So it truly is a sandwich generation where the boomers are taking care not only of their kids, but also the, the parents in a lot of cases, too. And this can be because of a variety of reasons where, you know, it could be um, uh, divorce, financial uh, problems. It can be um, widowdom. It can be uh, uh, lots of different things, um, you know, repaying student loans and uh, unemployment and so forth. So um, 
a lot of times the uh, the kids are are uh, okay with living at home, and they're it's becoming more and more popular. Now we've had that here for many generations, especially with other cultures. For instance, the Japanese they uh, they find that it's important for them to take care of their elders and. Uh, even though we didn't have that kind of mentality, just because of the economic uh, situation now, uh, they are becoming, um, you know, more sandwich generation living under uh, under one roof. Right. That is a really sort of interesting look into what we might see in the future. Skip, exactly. I really want to thank you for your time today. Well, thank you very um, much for having me. We're just me. running out of time. But I just want to provide a little bit of your contact information once again for anybody wanting to reach Skip Frenzel out of Campbell, California with Agape Long-Term Care and Agape Real Estate. You can reach him at agapelongtermcare.com and agaperealestate.com, or sorry, .info. And for more detailed information on his contact, please feel free to visit realestatefuture.ca. And... Stay tuned for next week, and that will be uh, Wednesday, uh, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll be discussing technology in the home of the future. Skip, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, and we'll see you next week. enjoyed and have been inspired from today's edition of the future of real estate be sure to join jessica stoner again next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time 12 noon pacific time on the voice america business channel we'll see you here next week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.